cliffcentral.com. Apparently, uh, what, a positive week on the JSE? I mean, you should say another positive week, another 1.5% up. And so no doubt the pain trade definitely continues to be on the upside. So in other words, if you're not in the market, you're losing out, right? Mm-hmm. And, and make no mistake, we're not the only ones because Warren Buffett, who runs Berkshire Hathaway, one of the wealthiest men in the world, um, and who made his money, by the way, investing. You know, Berkshire Hathaway reports quarterly, and at the end of March, they had a cash pile of $137 billion. And that's not the end of it. So obviously that was the official, but he said during the um, uh, reporting that in April, they'd sold another $6 billion worth of stock. So $143 billion, probably, more or less, they're sitting down. The worst part of that is that the trough or the cr- of the crash of the S&P 500 was on the 23rd of March. And since then, the S&P 500 is up 26%. So he's lost out 26%. Just like any South African investor, if you had, haven't been invested in the market since I think our trough was the 16th of March, then you've basically lost out on 33%. Sure. And this is why you can never time the market. You just have to go through these peaks and troughs and and be smart about it and not emotional. So apparently, despite that, uh, and obviously the market has no relation to what we owe or the state of our our public finances, but S&P have downgraded us again. I know. This is a bit of a shame. So on Thursday, I think it was... Um, or Wednesday, they downgraded us to double B minus, so three notches below investment grade. And really what they're saying is it's the cost of servicing our public debt, which is the problem, and they're expecting it to climb by 6.5% of GDP by 2023. Um, and, and then they go on to kind of forecast more and more, and it doesn't look – it's not a pretty picture. You know, what they're saying is – it, it, this is not a permanent downgrade. The rating can be lifted again, but and in, in their words, we have to implement reforms that will arrest the rise in government debt. And I actually don't know at this stage how we're going to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's true that our public um, debt is going up because obviously now, you know, the, the president has promised all this relief and there's $500 billion in the offing and that someone has to pay for that. And another two hundred billion from I think it is World Bank. So the five hundred will come from DFIs, and then another two hundred I believe we're getting from World Bank. So it's never ending. And, and the point is, I think what Tito was saying last week is that we have to we we kind of have to now stop supporting these SOEs and potentially sell them off and get some money in the coffers and stop having to dole out money for them. So SAA I guess is the first part of it, right? Where you're kind of stemming the bleed. Well, I mean, there's still talk, believe it or not, despite all of the, um, the, the, the nonstop bad news out of SAA, there are still people who are speaking in government of launching a new airline. I can't believe that. Oh. I saw that last week. I mean, are these, are these people just – are they missing a chromosome? Yeah. I, I have a list of – I think it is – I want to say 15 airlines globally that are falling by the wayside – and unfortunately, other governments realize that that's what they have to do. You, you know, that that's that's kind of powerful. Of course, it's, it's it's the situation we're in, and I, I know a lot of people feel patriotic about SAA. 
But that money could be used so much better. And in fact, even ComAir reported last week, they put out a cautionary announcement saying that they find themselves in very difficult financial positions. So already before COVID-19, they had problems, but now... Your margins in, in air travel are so, so slim. Indeed. And also you're very much a victim of the oil price, which... Seeing as now the oil price has basically fallen through the floor, you would think that it'd be a good thing for them, but it's still no use if there's no demand and no one's flying. If if you are very, very wealthy right now, and who knows, someone listening to us might be, this is a good time to buy airplanes because there's a surplus in the world and everyone's trying to sell their planes. Indeed. (laughs) Good thinking. So if you wanted to buy a plane right now, you could get it dirt cheap. Seriously, you buy something very nice. If only I had the cash. I know, Anthea, but I I (laughs) thought maybe you did, hidden away somewhere. All right, let's talk a little bit about EdCon. What's actually happening there? So EdCon last week finally, I shouldn't say finally because we knew this was coming, filed for voluntary business rescue. They had an AGM and they kind of made the decision official. And they're just saying that's it. You know, they absolutely cannot anymore they are, though, this today, I think, opening 900 Edgars and Jet stores around the country. So they've still, they've still got stock that they're trying to sell, right? So talk about it. I reckon that will be a sale if you're brave enough to go into any retail space because that really is becoming a hodgepodge for uh, the coronavirus, or hotpot, I should say. Um, but that's it, yeah. Uh, Ed kind of said 2 billion rands worth of or, or that's the count no, they, at the moment. Uh, uh, there, is there a, good, a big sale on? Because I'll go. I, I don't mind risking the – I'll get into a good sale for the coronavirus. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm speculating because if Edcon is going as rescue and basically folding, you know, yeah. they, they've still got stock, and they have said that they're opening their Jet and their Edgar's stores. So potentially, you never know. Mm, okay, maybe that's a good, good time to strike. And then PSG, let's just talk about them for a second. So PSG basically is a holding company, um, and they own Zeta, a couple of agribusinesses, other agribusinesses, and, of course, their big holding is Capitec. And so they finally put uh, paid to speculation last week saying that they're selling down their entire 31% stake in Capitec. And that 31% stake in Capitec amounts to 46 billion rand and accounts for approximately 74% of PSG's value. Wow. So, yeah, and and it's a shame because Capitec really is their cash cow. But um, a while ago, the the Prudential Authority, which is kind of the Reserve Bank's, I don't know, one of the regulators, said that big financial companies have to have big liquidity requirements. And so PSG said, well, actually, we really don't need that. You know, the, the Reserve Bank saying if you're a conglomerate, then quite frankly, there are liquidity, uh, cash liquidity requirements that you need to meet. And it, it really does cost a company a lot to sit on cash, not use it to expand, especially now. You know, you're getting paid 3% for cash or 2% for cash, whatever it is, when you could make that be making that money working for you and getting a return on your investments of, I don't know, whatever it is, 10%. Of course, I say that, but we are in special circumstances that any companies that do have cash on their balance sheet are the few that are going to survive, um, but extraordinary times, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so at some stage, PSG is going to have a nice big auction and sell off their Capitec shares. 
Well, there is the international uh, world going on around us too, and it's no better there than it is here in terms of, of strange news and bad news. But the big news, obviously, offshore, the U.S. printed their first quarter GDP minus 4.8%. Can you believe that? It is their first decline since 2014 and their biggest contraction since the recession of 2008. And, of course, they're saying it's coronavirus, but I'm not sure it completely is. Um, I think they were kind of heading down the path, and then they just fell off the cliff. It's not, it, it wasn't like a nice, slow decline. They just literally fell off the cliff. I mean, it's crazy. And then on top of it last week... If they fell off the cliff, they, though, I mean, doesn't it stand to reason that it would be a cataclysmic event that would have made that happen? If there was a slow decline, we could say, oh, well, the economy was heading downhill anyway, like ours. But in the U.S., it, all the indicators were that the economy was great before this, this coronavirus thing, right? Um, I mean, what were the I'm, indicators that it wasn't? So, so the unemployment kind of was the best they'd ever had, but you definitely saw the manufacturing numbers, the credit extension numbers. So all the kind of data was, they were pointing to um, weaknesses in the economy. It wasn't, oh, it's all great and fantastic and off we go. So the, so the stuff we look at, you know, and we always talk about how the stock market is very different from the economy. They trade very differently. The stock market kind of still carried on and on and on. And, and it almost was kind of exuberance or, or irrational exuberance, as we call it. Mm. Um, and it kept going. And we started seeing that things weren't perfect in the U.S. economy. Um, well, it's nowhere, but, nowhere, but, nowhere, no economy is perfect, right, Anthea? Or, or, or it wasn't as good as we saw the stock market projecting it to be, I should say. Okay. All right. Well, the, the Fed has kept rates on hold. The economy um, has been suffering. Another 3.8 million Americans have registered for unemployment. I mean, that, that, just, that actually just blows my mind. I thought by now it would have stopped. But obviously, it's kind of, it's just going on and on. And I, I feel like the Fed keeping rates unchanged, so their Fed rate is now between 0 and 2.5%, a quarter of a percent, 0.25%. Um, but actually, unlike us, where our interest rates are relatively high, the U.S. Fed actually just don't have any more weapons in their arsenal. They don't have ammunition to yeah. kind of keep this, to keep stimulating the economy. And so they're going to have to keep finding stimulus from somewhere else, from the budget, for example, like they have been. I mean, that number is now $200 trillion. 200 and it's if I remember correctly, trillion. 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 It's <laughs> unbelievable. Oh. All right. Yeah, so. It's so, Anthea, just one qu uh, quick last thing is, is Spotify, which we brought up earlier um, in the news. There's some interesting things coming there. They made their first profit in a while um, over the course of the first quarter of this year, and it's because of coronavirus. Yeah, I heard you guys talking about it earlier on, actually. So because they reported results, basically it was so funny to hear Spotify say that every day for users looks like the weekend, <laughs> it said, and the share when they reported was up 8%. Um, there's no doubt that they're seeing an increase in monthly active users. In fact, they signed on, if I remember, I forget now, 15 million, sorry, 15 million new monthly active users. And just to put that in context, wow. at the beginning of the year, they had 271 million users. Fantastic. And what they're saying is um, 
they're seeing more usage in cars, wearables, and web platforms. Sorry, they're seeing those platforms drop, and they're seeing more usage in TV and game consoles, and definitely more people um, using and downloading podcasts. And particularly, <laughs> these are the two words they use, meditation and chill. <laughs> That's yeah. what people are looking for, apparently. Yep. So they're using about right. Oh. So look, I'm fairly sure. Um, I'm fairly sure that that our numbers are up significantly. You know, I don't have the logins because, again, I would drive myself crazy if I was looking at them every day. But um, I know that that our numbers have been looking quite healthy, just in terms of number of people listening, because people also have more time on their hands now. They can actually listen to podcasts. They can listen live. They, they can arrange their life around those things and they can arrange those things around their life, which I think makes so people I, comfortable. So I don't want to draw kind of spurious correlations, but we've seen an increase in people wanting to invest and we've seen an increase in Cliff Central listeners emailing and saying, what must I do? Where must I be invested? So I'm suspecting that, yes, if that's happening on our side, your podcast must be up. Excellent. I'm All right. Well, if you want to find out more, you can always get hold of Anthea for those purposes. Um, she's easy enough to contact. You can go to the Money Shot page on cliffcentral.com. In fact, we've got a couple of bundles on there, which she's been doing um, for years now already. We've been hopefully investing your money quite smartly. And if you want to find out how to get in, if you haven't got in up to now, then that's one of the ways to do it. Speak to Anthea. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Anthea. Sarah. Cool. Very good. It is Monday morning, cliffcentral.com. We are here to look after you until uh, 8 o'clock this morning and beyond with some really cool interviews and discussions with interesting people from all over the world, some South Africans living in lockdown and other people that we've managed to get hold of during the uh, coronavirus lockdown worldwide to speak to them about what matters, what they're interested in, what they're doing with their time and uh, who they're talking to so you can get the smartest people in the world on your phone. Cliffcentral.com